in the Beloved. All we did was say it a hundred times and shout a while and go home. Be worth our while. Accepted in the Beloved. Who's the Beloved? Well, the Father tells us who the Beloved is. He said, This is my Beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Accepted in the Beloved. I guess I've said that scripture, or those words, to myself and out loud 500 times this week. What a beautiful scripture. It's always good to be accepted, isn't it? Folks come to my office and say, Pastor, I'm I'm not accepted at school. Or some, maybe some new teacher will come and say, Pastor, I don't think the, the students have accepted me yet. <laughs> think about it. We're accepted in the Beloved. I mean, God's own Son has accepted us. And God has accepted us because we're in His own Son. And so this morning, <clears throat> maybe it's because the burdens have been many that folks have brought to me this week. Maybe it's because I've cried because of your tears more than usual this week. Maybe it's because I've been broken-hearted because you're broken-hearted more than usual this week. This morning, I'm not going to teach you anything. I'm not going to scold you. Don't think I am. I may if you don't behave or stay awake. I don't plan to scold you. This morning, I don't plan to... I just plan to rejoice a while with you. Accepted in the Beloved. Sometimes I think we need to stop the, the practical for a little while and... Pick out a verse and bathe in it till we shout. Accepted in the Beloved. Accepted in the Beloved. And so I'm going to lay aside my hammer this morning and my saw and pick up my harp. And we're going to maybe try to rejoice this morning a little bit in the fact that we're accepted in the Beloved. We will not look on the Bible as our textbook, but rather as a beautiful love story for a few minutes. Accepted in the Beloved. We shall bypass the vegetable garden for the flower garden and pass the beanstalk for the daffodil for a while and just think not about what we need but about what we'd like to have and what we have and not try to grow any but rejoice in our size and not try to gain anything but rejoice in what we have and just pick out this one little verse and say, Thank God we're accepted in the Beloved. Oh yes, we need the beefsteak every once in a while but this morning I want us to have an ice cream cone. Uh, we need, we're not going to spend time this morning establishing our position, but rather relishing in the position that we have. We will not look at the stars through the telescope of the astrologer, but through the eyes of a lover. Not with a pen balancing our checkbook, but adding up our riches for a while. We go not to the field of work this morning, but to view our holdings and enjoy the beauty of the field. We will not plant nor water, but rather eat for a while, and I will not scold nor scathe nor soothe nor scall, but simply remind us of a blessed truth this morning, that we, God's people, are accepted in the Beloved. You know, we don't shout enough. We don't rejoice enough. We don't clap our hands enough. Leave the college students alone that want to holler and scream. Let them holler and scream. Leave them alone. Don't make them like you are. You'll ruin them. Let them holler. Don't look down your pharisaical nose, that fellow beside you that says glory every once in a while. Leave them alone. You'll balance them out. You'll counteract it. Leave them alone. Truth is, there ought to be in every person. We ought to look at the the Bible and say, accept it in the beloved. God has accepted me in Christ. 
There ought to be a holy hallelujah that goes through all of our hearts. Thank God this morning, dirty sinners though we are, frail creatures though we are, weak human though we are, carnal flesh though we are, the great God of the universe, the God who spoke in the stars, danced through the heavens like chandeliers, the God who spoke in the moon and the stars gave us light at night and daytime, the God who spoke and the world came into being, the God who... <clears throat> took a little dust and made the my, mighty uh, uh, creation known as man, the God who was before the world was, the God who was before time was. That God has accepted me in the Beloved, in His Son. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. There ought to be a hallelujah now on every lip and a praise the Lord in every heart and a glory to God in every mouth this morning. Accept it. Have a seat if you would back in the back. Ushers, have the folks seated or out in the hall, please. That's a rule, 52 weeks a year. Accepted in the Beloved. We will not examine our eyes this morning to see how they are, but rather look at those in our service who are blind, and we have numbers of them. We'll look at them who've never seen a sunset or a rose or a rainbow or a smile. They've never seen a meadow or a tree or their own loved ones, <clears throat> or a, a lake, or sunlight, or autumn's leaves, or the azalea trail, or the dogwood blossom, or an evening cloud, or midnight stars, or the Milky Way, or the full moon, or their own children, or their own friends, or their own houses, or their own faces. We'll look at those this morning in this room, dozens of them who are blind. And those of us who have eyes shall not examine our eyes. May God help us to stand up this morning and say, Glory to God, I can see God has been good to me. We will not this morning test our hearing, but rather we'll look to those who've never heard an I love you, or a choir special, or a solo, or a sigh, or a whippoorwill, or an evening cricket, or a sermon, or an organ, or a piano, or an amen, or a prayer, or an encouraging word. We'll look at those back here this morning who've never heard those things, never heard my voice, never heard the choir sing, never heard the soloist sing, never heard a special number, never heard a beautiful organ, never heard a symphony concert, never heard a bird sing, never heard a Bob White, never heard a, uh, a Christmas carol, never heard an I love you, never heard a God bless you, never heard uh, I'm praying for you, never heard an encouraging word. We'll look at them and reach up and feel our ears this morning and say, Blessed be God, we can hear how good God's been to us. Oh, it's a wonder. All of us don't shout how ungrateful we are. This morning we'll not, we'll look at <coughs> Mrs. Erickson. I looked at her a while ago back here. talking to her husband last night, who for one long year, since she had surgery of her brain, tumor on the brain, thank God it was her that had tumor instead of her husband because he hadn't got a brain, but, but, uh, um, Mrs. Erickson, God bless her. And we'll look at her this morning and we'll remind ourselves how she'd love to cook a meal today. We'll remind ourselves how she'd love to clean her house, sits in that wheelchair, almost blind and can't take care of herself and she can't walk. She's lost equilibrium. And unless a miracle takes place, she'll never walk again. Unless a miracle takes place, she'll never be able to see normally again or do her household chores again. While you complain because you got so much to do, while you complain because the children have snotty noses, while you complain because the old man drags in some dirt on the rug, you ought to hush your mouth and jump up and down and say, Glory to God! I got to clean my house today. I got to cook a meal today. Praise the Lord for His goodness. While we look at her, we'll realize <coughs> she left, left this morning to cook a meal. 
or clean your house, or take a walk, or read a book, or play a game, or shout hallelujah. But you can't do that. And so this morning we'll just say thank God, praise the Lord. We're accepted in the Beloved. We'll look at these mission men up here. God bless them, my buddies and my pals. And his welcome in this church is as the richest person who walks in this, these doors this morning. And um, I never, never pass a week without taking a little while. Take him out, please, quickly. Would you just take him? Just take him out if you would. That's right. God bless him. Hey, don't hurt anybody. Don't kill him. Just take him out. That's not unusual. We have that quite often. He's just a deacon in our church. And... <coughs> Why don't we just bow our heads and pray God to bless him. Dear Lord, we don't understand what's wrong with the fellow. And probably if he'd have had the advantages I've had, he'd be a preacher today. Or probably if he'd been uh, as loved as my mother loved me, probably he'd be a servant of God. And so... Thank you, dear Lord, for your goodness to us, and bless him. And I pray that some of the fellows remind him we love him. We just don't want the service interrupted. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you folks that are <coughs> that are <coughs> visitors here, that happens quite often in a church like this. Uh, you know, if you're going to have a lot of kids, you're going to have dirty towels. And you're going to have some floors that are dirty once in a while. And if you, get, if you go out and have, have as big a, a net as we have, you're going to get a few old tires and a few crawdads and a few tin cans in the net. I know you'd like to... Look at me now. Look at me. I, I, these fellows up here, not a one of them is half as good looking as I am. Why would you look at those guys up there in the corner when you've got a handsome guy like me up here in the pulpit to look at? Quit laughing. Sit still. This morning I'm going to scold and scathe and... <laughs> we'll look at the rescue mission men. <clears throat> By the way, I think that was a rescue mission man, if I'm not mistaken, who has a problem, some sort of a problem, and... And maybe he's not quite uh, privileged as we are. And uh, we'll look at them this morning. I know men up here in this section this morning whose uh, homes are broken and can't go back and see their children. I know men up there this morning in that rescue mission section that have, have, have children, grown children. <clears throat> they haven't seen 25, 15, 20 years maybe. I know one man up there in the mission group that has, um, has children in this area. He can't even go to their house, not welcome. Why? Sin. Why? The devil. And then we'll look at them and we ought to rejoice. Thank God. If, listen, if any one of these men up here had had that little woman out there as their mother like I did, they wouldn't be like that this morning. If they'd have had some mother like I had to stand up and say, Son, don't you ever touch a drop of liquor. Don't you ever smoke a cigarette. If they'd have had a mother like I had, they would have been there. And so I ought to say, Blessed be God this morning for how good he's been to me. Folks, God's been good to us. God's been good to us. Here we sit this morning, accepted in the Beloved. We all lift our hearts and say, Glory to God. We'll look at the parents of retarded children. I've been looking at a few of them this morning. I've been looking at uh, Brother Fisk, Mother, and others who are parents of retarded children. <coughs> and, uh, and, uh, but uh, there are people in this room this morning, right now, numbers of them, who... Uh, they had little babies, and they were so happy and so pleased. But it soon got to the place to where the baby's eyes didn't focus real well. Or maybe the baby wasn't quite didn't walk when he was maybe 16 months old or 18 months old. And after a while, it, it became obvious that uh, the baby was not normal. And uh, soon the parents went to the doctor, and the doctor told them the sad news. Their child would never go to school. Their child could never hold down the job. 
Their child could never get married. Their child would never be able to have a normal, normal life. And oh, the heartbreak, and I've seen it in this church, and that I want heaven to hurry up and come, and Jesus to come back and take us away from all of this, and uh, look at them and rejoice and say, thank God for my healthy children. Thank God for our own children who are healthy and well and normal and can run about and play <coughs> and go to school and grow up and get married and have their own families, and uh, thank God for His goodness and His blessing. I looked this morning to so many. I mentioned Ms. Erickson a while ago. I looked to Mrs. Foreman, whose husband's all in heaven, was blind most of his life, and this morning. I looked back to the, the, um, with Mrs. Conger back here, and, and the sweet little Conger girl. If you want to see a sweet little girl, what's her first name? Lynn Conger. What a fine little girl she is. And uh, has a problem, and the doctor's uh, afraid that it'll never be able to be cured, and made, and, uh, but what a sweet little girl and what a joyful smile she has and what joy she brings to my own heart. I'm simply saying if you knew what I knew this morning, if you knew what I knew about this crowd and you were able to eat breakfast, you would shout and say glory to God. If you knew what I knew about this crowd and you had children, if all your children are healthy and well and normal, you'd jump up and down and say glory to God. Praise the Lord for His goodness to me. If you, Brother Creech over here and his wife, I didn't think about this, but they have a daughter. Where is she now? Murdoch Center, a home, and uh, she uh, was educable slow, wasn't she? And they have, a, they have a burden, and everybody has a burden, honestly. Uh, on the platform here, Dr. Billings hasn't been well this week. He's been very, very sick and had a hard time even raising his hand this morning. took him an awful, uh, awful lot just to raise his arm because the, he can hardly raise his arms. He's got some kind of bursitis caused by his wicked life he's lived in the last few years. And uh, <coughs> Brother Sully has a hard time combing his hair. He can't hold it in place. He's got no, no hold it in place with. And, of course, all up Brother Fisk. And I'm not kidding now. Brother Fisk is having serious back trouble. And though we cut up a lot, it looks like he's going to face the surgeon's knife unless God performs a miracle. And, uh, and he has apprehensions this morning. And uh, Brother Helton with all the burdens of the college and little girl, and just on the platform. <clears throat> Dr. Billings not well, Brother Sully with one arm, Brother Fisk with a, 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 a disc in his back deteriorating and just going away facing surgery, and Brother Helton, little daughter, who has a heart condition. Already had one open heart surgery, faced another open heart surgery uh, this summer, and then Brother Colston here. I don't know what's wrong, but a man that kind of shakes bound to have a burden and a heartache, <clears throat> and, uh, and so forth. Uh, I mean, listen, I could just go on and on and on and on over this building. I, walked down, I, I went down one road this morning in this section over here. And I counted some, a, a family. There's one family. They don't have any money to pay their bills, and the rents do. And they don't have enough money to take care of their needs, and they can't find a job. And the man's working part-time. The lady's trying to find a job. That's one family. And then there's, a, there's all another family on the same row. There's a serious illness in one member of the family, seemingly an incurable disease. And that's the, way, that's the way it is. I know. I'm simply saying, if this morning, if you have two good eyes, and if you can hear, and if you can eat breakfast, and if you have two good hands, and if you have a family that's healthy, and if you have a job, and if you have enough to pay your bills and keep out of the poorhouse, you ought to go home and jump up and down and say, Glory to God! Hallelujah! How good's God, 
God, good God's been to me. Then add on top of that the blessed, wonderful truth that we're accepted in the Beloved. I mean, I'll never go to hell. I'll never have to suffer the torments of the damned. I'll never stand before God Almighty as a condemned sinner. My sins, though they be many, they're all beneath the blood of Christ. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Bless God, my sins are gone. And if I die today, I go to heaven. And it may be before I die, the Lord Jesus is going to come back. And right now the Father is preparing a place in heaven for me. And I'm accepted in the beloved. Why don't I shout all the time? Why don't I just praise the Lord all the time? Why don't I jump up and down and clap my hands and say glory to God? I tell, I tell this around the country. I never told it here, I guess. <clears throat> but I was down in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I've said this before. When I have a spell, when I shout, I always take off my shoes. I don't know why. But I always take off my shoes when I shout. And uh, when I feel a spell coming on, the shoes come off. And usually, though, the Lord gives me a spell in my study or in the alley back here. I've had several spells back here in the alley. Or maybe in a motel room. I've had several spells in motel rooms. But I was down in Chattanooga, Tennessee one day. I was right in the middle of Chattanooga, one of the busiest streets in Chattanooga. And all of a sudden, I got happy and I felt a spell coming on. And I, t- had, and I, take a, I have a spell. I take off my shoes and shout. And I took off my shoes and clapped my shoes together, walking down one of the main streets of Chattanooga, saying, Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I walked down one of the main streets and saw a lady preacher on the street. And I said, She's sort of fanatical. There I was, had my shoes off, clapping my shoes together, praising the Lord. So that lady preacher was fanatical. By the way, Catherine Kuhlman died. Pray that God will raise up some good lady to take her place. But uh, but anyway, I uh, I clap my hands and praise the Lord. Why? Because God's been good to me. But I'm accepted in the beloved. In the beloved? Yeah, in the beloved. How in the beloved? Well, in several ways. In the first place, in the heart of the beloved. I'm accepted in the heart of the beloved. The Bible tells us that we're on God's heart. Don't you recall when the high priest in the Old Testament, uh, where he walked, he had that breastplate and he had the names of the twelve tribes. And the Bible says that God has us on His heart. But more than that, it says we were on His heart before the foundation of the world. My mother used to put me on her knee when I was a little boy. <coughs> sometimes she'd put me on her knee uh, stomach up, and sometimes she'd put me on her knee stomach down and bleep up. And, uh, and uh, I always liked it best when I was stomach up. They'd put me on her knee, and mother would say to me, Son, I love you. I guess there was never a time in my mother's life, what, uh, never a night, never a 24-hour period, mother didn't tell me she loved me several times. And to this day, when I talk to her on the telephone or go see her, I always say, I love you, mother, when I tell her goodbye. And, uh, but she used to put me on her knee, and she'd say, Son, mother loves you. And she'd say, Son, before you were ever born, I loved you. I used to love to hear that little story. She said, Son, before you were born, I loved you, I she, I, I said, where was I, Mama? She never told me where I was. But um, she, and she said, you're up in heaven. And she said, I loved you before you ever came. She said, son, I prayed that you're president of the United States or a preacher. And I've been I, I've been the preacher. And now just as soon as Dr. Billings gets to Washington, it's a matter of time that I have the other mother's other dream be fulfilled. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, but she said, I loved you before you were born. I always liked that. I'll tell you something I like better. I love to think that before there was time, God loved me. 
I love to think that when creation's first year had not begun, God loved me. I love to think when all things slept in the mind of God as a thought that had not come forth from his hand as a deed, that God loved me. I love to think before the foundations were laid, God loved me. I love to think that back yonder in eternity past, why, I do not know. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unto me. I don't understand how he loved me. I'm unlovable. I'm unloving. And I, I understand why he loved me, but back yonder, way back yonder, he loved me and he looked down and he saw that I was going to come to Christ. And he accepted me in the Beloved and I'm in his heart. And this morning he thinks about me. He thinks about me. Uh, accepted in the Beloved, I'm accepted in his book. Not only in his heart, but I'm accepted in his book. My name is written in heaven this morning. Look down the red roll which God wrote with His eternal finger, and you'll find my names in the book of life. Praise the Lord. I think I feel a spell coming on right now. Praise the Lord. My name's written in heaven. Don't you recall Jesus came back one time and they said, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us. And the Lord said, don't rejoice about that. He said, rejoice because your name's written in heaven. If you'll check the Greek on that, it means more than rejoice. It means jump up and down and click your heels together and praise the Lord. Why? Because not only am I in his heart, but I'm in his, in his book. <coughs> H-Y-L-E-S. Jack Frazier. Hiles. In his book. Thank God. I'm in his heart, but I'm written in his book. If I weren't written in the book of life this morning, I'd come down this aisle, I'd get on my knees, and I'd receive Christ into my heart, and I'd get my name written in the book of heaven today. I really would. I really would. Now, some of your names, the Lord's going to have to get a bigger book to put these all these full lot names down there, but... Uh, <clears throat> but uh, God will do it. I am Becky. The other day, Becky and Tim went with some of their folks to Washington, D.C. Then Becky came back and she was so excited. She said, Dad, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? And I said, what? She said, went to the Library of Congress. And Dad, <clears throat> you can look up in the Library of Congress. She said, Dad, your name is there in the Library of Congress. <clears throat> sure it is. And the library, and she was so excited. I tell you what to do, Becky. Look up the Lamb's Book of Life. You'll find Dad's name written there too. Thank God. I am in Italy, Texas, in a little old musty room in a little old building. There's a there's some musty books there, and I went down one day and and looked looked it up and looked to 1926 to September 25th, 1926, and there was my name. I was born. I can prove I was born. It's right there in the book. And uh, there, there was my name in the book. But this morning, if you could, you go to a shiny new city where, the, where nobody ever dies and crepe never darkens the doorknob and where the streets are all made of purest gold and nobody ever gets sick and where they sing the songs of God around the throne all the time. And you look at the book. It's called the Book of Life. You look under the H's, down toward the end of the H's, and you'll find, sure enough, it's there. Thank God my name is written in the book. Is yours? Huh? Is your name in the book? Uh, so accept it. <coughs> Beloved, praise the Lord. My name is written there. My name is there. The old account was settled long ago in 1937 when as a poor little barefooted 11-year-old boy on welfare, I knelt outside the back of the church building on my way to an outdoor service in the backyard of the church one Sunday night and said, Oh, my God, if you'll take a little old dirty poor kid like me, I'll dead sure take you as my Savior. That moment, God said to the recording angel, Write old Jack's name in the book of life. I am. I am. Um, was in high school, and my name was 
uh, I wanted I had one goal in high school to get in the who's who in, in American high schools and to become on the National Honor Society. And I worked at it. I made A's and B's all through high school and, uh, and made good grades. I made uh, uh, honor roll every time. Uh, all six times the first year, all six times the second year, all six times the third year, and the first five times the fourth year. And they had my name on a list. I saw it in the office, Mr. Allen, our principal's office. Jack F., Jack Frazier Hiles was going to be re- recommended for who's who in the high schools and for the National Honor Society. And, uh, and uh, I saw my name there. And so one in public speaking, I couldn't make a speech. I was timid. And I couldn't speak. And I had to make my final declamation of the, of, of the year. And I couldn't. I just froze up, got scared to death. And I said to the boy on my right, Richard Newton, I said, Richard, I'm going to faint when I speak. He said, how do you know you're going to faint? And I said, I'm going to faint. Even if I don't faint, I've got to faint on the hope of God. I can't make a speech. I said to Walter McCollum, Walter, would you take my feet, please, when I faint and carry me out? And Richard, you take, get me under the arms and carry me out. So I got up and I couldn't faint. So I fainted. And, uh, and Richard and Mrs. Hetty said, Ooh, Jack's fainted. Get him, get him. Richard got me under the arms and Walter got me under the feet and they carried me out. And just as we got to the door, Richard tickled my ribs like this and played a joke on me and I, and I laughed. And Miss Hetty flunked me in the course. And she sent me down to the principal's office and I'll never forget that day. There was the list all right there. Who's who? I wanted it more than I wanted anything in the world then. Who's who? And Principal H. A. Allen got an eraser and erased my name. And time came for the National Honor Society. Richard, my good best friend, who's now in Hollywood, my best friend, Richard, they read his name. We'd always done everything together. He, he got on Who's Who. I didn't. He got the National Honor Society, and I didn't. Thank God there's one book where my name will never be erased. Thank God there's one book. I've made worse mistakes than that, and I ought not to have my name in the book, and if I got what I deserved, I'd go to hell, and so would you. But thank God, it's all under the blood. (laughs) You know, the Lord doesn't erase the name, He erases the mistake. (laughs) He doesn't erase the name, He erases the sin. He washes it away. And looking down from heaven today, the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm sorry I've sinned. And the Lord says, what sin is that, Jack? And I said, Lord, I, he said, I can't see that. I'm looking through the blood and I can't see that. And uh, I'm accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted in his heart. I'm accepted in his book. We had a lady in our church in Texas. I wanted a Christ. I'm trying to think of her name. <clears throat> I wanted a Christ. She's from England. So one day she asked, right in the service, she said, could I say a few words? In her poor English accent, these Australians here visiting this morning, God pity the poor people. Somebody will teach them how to talk good English. They don't even know how to say y'all and stuff like that. And this poor lady from England uh, did, didn't know a thing about pure English because pure English originated down south here in America. And uh, <clears throat> but she stood up and she said the best she could. She said, I want to testify. And I'll never forget that day. She pulled out a piece of paper and she said, I want to show you a piece of paper, one of the most important papers in my life. And she showed a piece of paper. She said, this is my marriage license. <laughs> She said, I was in England, and an American serviceman came over, and I fell in love with him, and I married him. She held up that marriage license, and she said, this is a precious piece of paper to me. 
But she said, that's not as precious as this one. She reached into the little package and she pulled out another one. And she said, it wasn't long after he got married, he got his discharge and I got a passport to America. And she said, this is the passport to America. She said, this is, she said, at that time, it was the most precious piece of paper I owned, a passport to America. I'd heard about it, but now I get to go. But she said, another piece of paper became more precious than that. She held up another, and she smiled, and tears rolled down her cheeks, and she said, this, these are my citizenship papers. She said, I'm a citizen of the United States. She said, this at that time was the most precious possession I owned. And then she said, but the most precious possession ever. She pulled out another piece of paper from the same little package and held it up. She said, Brother Hiles came by my house and told me about Jesus, and I got converted. And she said, this is my baptism certificate. And she hugged it to her breast and said, this is the most precious possession I own. Well, that's mighty good. But there's a piece of paper up yonder in heaven today, the Lamb's Book of Life. My name is there. Bless God, my name is there. I mean, I'm, in, I'm accepted in the Beloved, in His heart, in His book. But that isn't all. I'm accepted in His hand. I'm accepted in His hand. You know, the sweet story, it says, He holds us in His hand. You know, the day when I, when I married David to that little homebreaker, Paula, uh, when I... When I, I, I married David, I was sitting up here. You know, we sat on a little uh, love seats up here. Well, there's the love seat. Mine was a, just a seat. And uh, so uh, I, I was looking at Dave. I looked at his hands. And I remembered how they used to wrap around my finger like that. And every time we'd walk down the street, and I'd say, Dave, let me hold your hand. And I'd cross the street. And David reached up and said, I want to hold your, your hand. And I'd put my finger like that. He'd put his hand around my finger. We'd get out across the street maybe, and he'd stump his toe, and he'd fall. And he'd slide and uh, fall down. I'd pick him up, and I'd say, Let me hold your hand, son. I'll hold your hand. And he'd put his hand around my finger like that, and he'd stumble and fall. And then after a while, I'd say, Now, son, we're getting in busy traffic now. Dad's going to have to hold your hand. And I'd put my big hand around his little hand. He didn't fall anymore. That's one reason why you folks are falling. You're holding on to him. You'll let him hold on to you. Ah, I'm in his hand today. I mean, right there in the palm of the hand. Jesus said, he, he holds me in his hand. And God the Father holds me in his hand like a precious treasure, a coin. Jesus puts me in his hand. And the Father puts his hand over, over that. And they hold me as a precious treasure. I'm accepted in the Beloved, in his heart, in his book. It is hand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But I'm also not only accepted in his heart, his book, his hand, but I'm accepted in him. I'm in Christ. Second Corinthians says that, uh, that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And First Corinthians 13, 12 says, no, 12, 13 says, By one spirit are we all baptized into one body. I am in Christ's body today. It doesn't matter morning in Sunday school class. Um, who sang? Steve Huckabee sang. Big old fat slob. He sang sweet, fine, young man. I was up in Alaska preaching. Uh, <coughs> Dave and I uh, were in Alaska preaching. And uh, they had a song that they had gotten from an Air Force base nearby. And the big fat fella, and he, he led the singing. 
And he played the piano one night and sang some little ditty of a song. And he sang, led the singing in the conference. And he came down here. And he and his wife had a baby. Well, she had the baby. And uh, God gave him a little baby. And the baby got sick. And they found it was spinal meningitis. And the fever got to 106 or so. And the baby's little brain's been affected. And it and, and went blind. And we've anointed the baby with oil. I believe God's going to perform a miracle. I just believe it. But Steve could stand up here this morning and sing his eyes on the spare, and I know he watches me. Oh, thank God. Listen to me. Listen. The only life in this world where you can be happy with a baby that's, that, that has, that's afflicted and not normal is when you have Christ with you in the shadow. I look out and see Mrs. Stanley here next to the aisle. I remember that little that day that little Leanne got sick and went to the hospital, nine years of age, in a coma. And how I went out to see her one day, and she had her, my picture. She was in a coma and had my, my her hand on my picture. And uh, I asked them, I said, why is her hand on my picture? And they said, she woke up and, and, and said, anything we do for you, Leanne? And I think they said, she said, I want to see Brother Hiles. And they said, Brother Hiles is not here. And they brought her, my picture and put it under her hand. As far as I know, she died with her hand on my picture. And I uh, see the Stanleys. How can they smile? How can they take it? How can the Penleys, John Penley, such a comfort to me, bless his heart. We cut up an awful lot. That's because we love each other an awful lot. But little John Penley and little, right at this altar over here, little Danny Penley, taken at the age of four with leukemia. Why do we laugh? You say, well, you don't, don't you have any sorrows here? Sure we have sorrows. But the Lord gives us joy in our sorrows and through our sorrows. And yes, we're a church of broken-hearted people. That's right. That's the truth. Listen. Listen to me. And I want to close. There's not a preacher alive that's fought any more battles than I've fought in the last 12 months. I don't want. There's not a preacher alive that's cried any more tears than I've tried to cry in the last 12 months. But I can say this. Jesus has been sweeter. The Bible has been more real. And God has been nearer and dearer to me in the last year than any year of my life. Why? <laughs> Glory to God. I'm accepting the beloved. Why should I feel discouraged? Huh? I'm accepted in the beloved. 